Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And so for our subject today, God has given me the title, Amen, Beauty for Ashes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Beauty for Ashes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And so I'm going to take y'all round and round, but I, I, I promise you that God has a point on today. Amen. I promise you that he has a point on today. And I'm going to be using Isaiah chapter 61, amen, for my text. Glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But I'm going I'm, I'm to take you the back way to bring you to Isaiah 61. Glory. I'm going to take you from the New Testament to the Old Testament. Hallelujah. So I want to start in Luke 4. Like I say, I ain't going to wait on you to get there. I'm just going to preach. I'm the, the scripture's going to be up on the board, and y'all just going to have to roll with me. Glory. Hallelujah, because I, I feel good. I feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. Um, God just gave me this sermon. I was listening to this song, and the song was just saying, you know, um, you know, you turn my morning into dancing. And I say, God, where's that in your word? So I just started searching, and I end up reading all of Isaiah 61. And I just thank God because he has the power to take our mourning, yeah. our sadness, whatever we're feeling, and just turn it into praise, yeah. into dancing. Yeah. And that's awesome right there, that we serve a God who can take anything and, and just turn it into to praise, right? After all that we've been through, we can still find joy, glory. And so I want to start with Luke 4. And so in Luke 4, here's the rundown. So in Luke 4, right, Jesus is... In, in the third chapter, he has just got baptized in Luke 4. Um, the, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. The word said that Jesus was tempted, right? And then in, the, in, in response to the temptation, Jesus ends up fasting. He ends up fasting and he ends up using the word. So all y'all church people know this, right? When he was in the wilderness for them 40 days. He ends up using the word. The devil tempts him three times. He uses the word three times. And the Bible says that the devil left him for a season. The devil flees. Right? Right? And so today as we're talking about how God can take our ashes and give us beauty, I want to talk about how God just brought Jesus to that point, what he was doing with him in the wilderness, right? And so... I just told you that the Spirit led him. So y'all got to catch all these pieces. The Bible says that the Spirit led him into the wilderness. Sometimes God leads you into places that you don't necessarily want to be to get your attention, right? But where we mess up is we don't know how to survive the wilderness. We don't know how to survive it. And so what Jesus is, what, what Luke 4 is telling us is how to survive the wilderness, and it's with his word, it's with prayer, and it's with fasting. So in Mark 9 and 29, the word says, and he said unto them, this kind can only come, can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. So in Mark 9 and 29, the disciples were asking, Jesus, why couldn't we cast this demon out? Why couldn't we make this thing move? He said, that kind right there. Only comes out with prayer and fasting. And so then James 5 and 16 tells us, confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And what I love about that effectual and fervent prayer, the best way to describe it is it's a hot prayer. 
It's a hot prayer and it's pressed down. So what I mean by that, an effectual fervent prayer is going to bring heat to the situation. It's going to burn up anything that's not like God. And so sometimes when you are in the wilderness, Jesus is giving us what we have to do, which is use his word. We got to pray and we got to fast because sometimes stuff does not move if we don't do those things. Right? Right? I ain't even got to the beautiful ashes yet. I ain't even got to Isaiah 6, the one that's good to me. And so all of that stuff that's, that's happening, the Bible says that when Jesus came out of the wilderness, right, he started to go and he started to, to preach. Right? He, started, he starts to preach. He returns to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and he begins to preach. So following his time in the wilderness, Jesus begins teaching in various synagogues. Then he enters the synagogue in Nazareth, and he he walks into this church, and he reads Isaiah 61. Uh And in Isaiah 61, Jesus begins to declare that he is the fulfillment of that particular scripture. Right? And so Luke Luke 4, 18 and 19 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm going to connect all this together, right? Sometimes God, like, Sometimes you got to go through a wilderness experience. You got to pray and fast. And when you come out of it, the spirit of the Lord should be upon you. Right? You should come out of the wilderness different. Some of us come out of the wilderness and we just decide. You, you, you think you out of the wilderness, but you're really not. You're still in there. When you come out of the wilderness, something about you should be different. So Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus came out of the wilderness knowing exactly who he was and what he was supposed to do. He came out of the wilderness knowing exactly who he was and what he was supposed to do. And so everything that I just read to you, much of, of what Jesus declared is a, was a part of his sermon on the mount. And so here's the thought that I want to start. I want to leave with y'all this Sunday, because for our visitors and first time people here, we've been in this series on inheritance, basically the benefits of what it means to live for Jesus. And so this is the thought that I want to leave with y'all today. An inheritance value is based on what the grantor leaves behind. So I can leave my children a pair of socks. That ain't worth much. Right? I could leave them a pile of dirt. That might not be worth much. I could leave them a jar full of pennies. That ain't worth much. But it's their inheritance. So the question today is, when Jesus died, what did he leave behind to the people that are called by his name? Right? What did he leave behind for us? So in this, in, in the, as I finish, as I go through this sermon, right, I'm still, I'm gonna I'm I'm bring y'all to the beauty for ashes part, because that's what he left. He left us with the ability to get beauty out of everything that we go through. So Jesus fasted in the wilderness, and he came out with a vision of his purpose. 
He walked out of the wilderness with everything he was purposed to do in clear view. He began to do it. Then he goes on to suffer and die on the cross, leaving behind an inheritance to us. So if y'all remember, do y'all do y'all know what Jesus left when he was telling the disciples, I'm going to go away? Do y'all know what he told him he was going to lead to him? He said, I'm going to leave a comforter. I'm going to leave somebody to help you. Right? I'm going to leave somebody to help you. John 14 and 26 says, the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father was sent in my name, will teach you everything and make you remember all that I have told you. So our inheritance is the Holy Spirit and everything that the Holy Spirit provides. Our inheritance is the Holy Spirit and everything that the Holy Spirit provides. So when Jesus read Isaiah 61 to his audience, they would have known what he meant. Hallelujah. Y'all stay with me. Good preaching. Good ones now, not bad ones. Good ones. Preach under the direction of the Holy Spirit. They preach out of what God left. Jesus left a living inheritance. If the word in the church is not real, if the word in the church does not apply to the people that's listening to it, then that preacher ain't sent by God. Y'all, we went, we went somewhere yesterday, and I promise you that they were just shouting out every cliche in the Bible. But we were sitting there thinking, well, what's the content of what, like, how do how does somebody that ain't in the church know what that means? Like, all you y'all understand, how does somebody that don't know nothing about church know what them cliches mean? So it's like you preaching, but that word is dead. What is the Holy Spirit saying say to them people right then and right now so that somebody can come to Jesus? Right? So when Jesus goes through this wilderness experience, he's tempted by the devil, he makes the devil back up, he fasts and prays, he comes out of this wilderness experience, he knows exactly what he's supposed to do, he starts to do it. Right? He walks into this church and he reads Isaiah 61 and then he just sit down like, y'all know what that means. He does that because they would have known what it meant, right? Because all of those people were looking for a savior. Where you going, Pastor? A lot of times, people don't understand what God is trying to say because they're not looking for him. They don't want to understand what he's trying to say. Jesus walks into this church and he says, like, I know what I'm supposed to do. He walks into this church and says, I've, I, like, I, I've come to set people free. I came to give the, the, the blind sight. Like, what he says is plain. And then he just sit down like, y'all do whatever you want to do with that. And that's for, that is for a reason. Jesus took an Old Testament prophecy and he told his listeners, right, he told his listeners, Apply this to your current situation. I need y'all to consider like when Jesus talks, it's like the word of God explaining himself. It's like when Jesus talks, he's explaining himself to the people that he's talking to because he's talking about himself. So when he speaks, he's like, I'm telling y'all that I am the person that can give you beauty for your ashes. All you have to do is receive. 
And so good preachers preach that way. Romans, I told y'all this is a lot of words. Romans 10, 14 through 18 tells us, but how can they call to him for help if they have not believed? And how can they believe if they have not heard the message? And how can they hear the message if the message is not proclaimed? Right? If you read King James, it says, if it's not preached. How can the message be preached if the messengers are not sent out? As the scripture says, wonderful is the coming of the messenger who brings good news. I'm going to read that again to you. I'm just that last part. How can the message be proclaimed if the messengers are not sent out? And so my question to you is, where was Jesus sent from? I, this this going to tie together for y'all. Where was Jesus sent from? When he started preaching, where was he coming from? So third chapter, he gets baptized. That's the start of his ministry. He gets baptized. Fourth chapter, he goes into the wilderness. After his wilderness experience, he starts preaching. Where was he sent from? He was sent from the wilderness. He was sent from the wilderness. And he came out of that wilderness experience with a vision and a purpose. He came out of that wilderness experience with a vision and a purpose. Why? To bring the good news. He came out of that wilderness. He stepped in the church and he says, I come to set the captives free. Let's go. And all the people in the church had to do was receive it. But you know what they turned around and said? Ain't this Joseph's son? Ain't this Joseph? Like the carpenter's son? Right? But when Jesus, when he just said that to them and he went and sat down, he knew that some people was going to know what it meant. Why? Because some people are actively looking for a savior. Other people weren't looking for a savior, so all they saw was Joseph's son. They didn't see Jesus. They didn't see that their Messiah had finally come. Right? So which situation are you in? Are you actively looking for a savior? Or are you just coming and looking at the preacher? But not all have accepted the good news. Isaiah himself said, Lord, who believed our message? So then faith comes from hearing the message, and the message comes through preaching Christ. Amen? But I ask, is it true that they did not hear the message? Of course they did, for as the scripture says, the sound of their voice went out into all the world, and their words reached the end of the earth. Let me explain to y'all why I read that. Because the word is going forth, y'all. It's going forth. Somebody sitting here right now confused. Right? Y'all gonna leave out here confused and say, oh, I ain't know what that message was about. Do you have a mind to get clarification? <laughs> right? See, some people gonna say, I know he's trying to say something. I know even if I don't understand it all the way, I know he's going to try to, he's trying to say something. What is he trying to say? Because I, I, I need that. And then some people going to say, that didn't make sense. And they're going to go on about their business. But at the end of the day, did the word go forth? Yes. And so here's where I'm going with this. God's method for, deli- for deliverance has always been the same. The events of the Bible have always been a shadow of something greater. That was last Sunday. And context is everything. 
So let me take y'all back to the beginning. Luke third chapter, Jesus is baptized. Luke fourth chapter, Jesus goes into the wilderness. Jesus is tempted. Jesus comes out of the wilderness with purpose and vision, and he begins to proclaim the message of the Lord. Some people heard it. Some people didn't hear. All Jesus did was preach. Did the word go forth? Yes. Did everybody receive it? No. You have an opportunity today to receive something from the Lord. You have an opportunity today to receive something from the Lord. The reason that I'm reading all of these separate verses is because I want you to see that the method has always been the same. Jesus himself went into the wilderness. He came out of that experience and he preached. You go all the way back to Exodus. The people, the, 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 the Israelites was in the wilderness, right? God sent his word, they were delivered. What I just read from you was from Romans, right? Paul saying the word went forth. Some people were delivered and some people weren't. All the way in 2021, the word is going forth. Some people are delivered, some people ain't. I'm just taking y'all around around and around in circles to get you to see that God's method of deliverance is nothing new. And it starts with coming out of the wilderness. Right? If you want to be delivered from something, you got to come out of the wilderness. Well, pastor, how do I come out of the wilderness? Sometimes it ain't going to move unless it's fasting and praying in his word. And I'm saying sometimes, but I mean all the time. You can't get delivered without his word. You can't get delivered without that fervent prayer. You can't get you can't give you led to deliverance without the, the, the pillar of the cloud of smoke, right? Without the fire. You can't get delivered without that. You can't get delivered without without prayer, without fasting. Right? Oppressed people are always looking for their savior. See, that's the problem. Some of us don't realize we're still in the wilderness. But when you are oppressed, when you know you're in the wilderness, you are always looking for your deliverer. And that is the main reason why some people understand and some people don't. The people that understand, understand that all is lost without him. The people who are having a hard time grasping it, they don't think they lost. Who did Jesus come to save? He said, I came to save the, the lost. So if you don't think nothing is wrong, then none of this makes sense to you. All this screaming, all this music, all this shouting, all this Bible study, all these verses, all these prayers, none of that makes sense to you when you ain't got no problems. Because oppressed people are always looking for a savior. And if they ain't looking, either they don't know that they oppressed. Some of y'all don't know y'all oppressed. Some of y'all don't know y'all got shackles on. Some of y'all don't know that you a slave to your job. Some of y'all don't know that you a slave to that relationship. Some of y'all don't know that y'all a slave to food. Some of y'all don't know that y'all a slave to alcohol or a slave to sex. Right? Or you don't care. Either you don't know or you don't care. Because Jesus came to save the lost. And if you feel like I'm lost, I need something, you're going to be looking for yourself for a savior. You're going to be trying to understand. John 18, 33 and 38. And I want to use this to explain how the world thinks. 
So Pilate, this is when Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. Pilate went back into the palace and he called Jesus and he asked Jesus, he said, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered. He says, does this question come from you or have others told, told you about me? And this is how people in the world do. They ask questions. I talked to somebody last night and this person read a text to us about somebody who was basically questioning why they should pay tithes and why they should live for the Lord. And so my, I'm, I was, I'm interested to know, is this question coming from you or are you just coming because you heard a whole bunch of other people talking about who Jesus is? And so sometimes when we in the world, we are asking questions because we are trying to figure God out instead of trying to get to know him. Right. You want such a lot of times we ask questions about God because we want God to prove himself to us instead of just getting to know him. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You don't ask him no questions. Just get to know him. So Jesus asked Pilate, why do you basically you wasting my time? Do you want to know because you heard other people talking about me or do you want to know me for yourself? And that's what I mean. The word be going forth. But some people actually want to know him. And some people just interested because everybody else talking about him. I heard these folks over here say Jesus word, but I really don't know if I want to believe him or not. Because I seen these church people and church people act this way, right? And so you get caught up in all of that. You so caught up in what people say about Jesus that you don't actually take the time to know Jesus for yourself. So Pilate replied, do you think that I'm a Jew? It was your own people, the chief priests, who handed you over to me. Right? What have you done? Jesus said, my kingdom does not belong to this world. So let, let me, this this for all the people that say they don't go to church because of hypocrites. Right? So Jesus asked them, why are you asking me this question? Jesus said, are you asking for you or for them? Jesus said, do I look like? Like I believe in you? I mean, Pilate says, do I look like I believe in you? I'm not one of them. Your people did this. And Jesus basically replied, them ain't my people. The people you've been listening to, the people that turned me over to you, them not my followers. And see, a lot of people in the world get caught up like that. They look at so-called Christians, and that's the reason that they don't want to know Jesus. Instead of getting to know Jesus themselves, and Jesus looking at all of them like, them ain't my people. You, 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 you're, you're hindering your relationship with me because you're looking at other people. Amen. And they ain't even mine. He said, my people. Yes. Right? He said, my people, my kingdom is not of this world. My followers will fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish authority. Right? I would hit one of y'all for Jesus. But the reason that I don't, because he told Peter to put the ear back. Right? Some of y'all need the hell shaking out of you. Literally and figuratively. Right? But I don't have to do that. He told Peter, just put the ear back. Put the ear back. So I don't vengeance belong to the Lord. So I don't have to get you. What do I have to do? I came out of the wilderness with a clear purpose. Preach. You either going to receive it or you're not. That's it. Right? So Jesus said, all them people that get, them ain't my folks. My folks know, my sheep know my voice. And they live a certain way. They don't have to do all of that. 
So Pilate asked him, are you a king? He said, you say that I'm a king. And, I, and when I read that and I'm looking at the lower case, I'm like, that term ain't even fitting. That's a man-made. That's not even fitting for who God is. King, what is that? He's greater. He's great. How can you put a title on the I, I am? How can you put a title on I am? You can't compare him to an earthly king. Jesus say, he says, you, y'all, they, you calling me a king. They claiming I'm a king. He said, I was born and I came to this world with one purpose, to speak the truth, to preach, to set the captives free, to say, to give sight to the blind, to set people at liberty. He said, that's what I came to do. And he said, whoever belongs to the truth listens to me. Whoever belongs to the truth listens to me. So Pilate says, what is truth? He went back outside to the people and he said to them, I cannot find any reason to condemn him. The only reason that Pilate was interacting with Jesus in the first place was because some other people brought Jesus to him. He didn't want to know Jesus for himself. Are you like Pontius Pilate? It's the only reason that you interact with Jesus at all is because of what you heard people say. Or do you want to have a relationship with him by yourself? Right? Right? So here I go. I'm finding Isaiah 61. I know this man up preached 40 minutes. ain't even read the scripture he said he was going to read. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So when Jesus steps into that synagogue and he reads Isaiah 61, I'm going to read these to you and then I'm going to be done. Right? I'm going to read these to you and I'm going to be done. This is what he was saying, and he knew that the people that were listening to him would understand what he was saying. Jesus steps out of that wilderness. He goes into that church, and he says, right, I was appointed. I was appointed, right? I, I was called. I was born to, to appoint, to give purpose to them that mourn in Zion. Zion is a shadow of the nation of Israel. It is a shadow of Jerusalem, the holy city. It is a shadow of the church. Jesus came. And now I'm applying it to y'all in 2021. Jesus said, I was born to give you purpose. Right? I was born to give you purpose, to appoint to them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Matthew 5 and 4 says, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. He said, I came to give you beauty for ashes. He quoted Isaiah because I need y'all to understand the context, what was happening in Isaiah. Isaiah was prophesying against the people of God. He was prophesying against the church. He was saying, y'all ain't who y'all say y'all are, and God going to destroy this city. But God, even in that, God is able to give you beauty from ashes. Hallelujah. He said he came to give oil for the joy of mourning. Matthew 5 and 6 says, Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. God came to satisfy, right? You in a dark place, you're mourning. He said he came to give you the oil of joy. That oil is provision. He said he came to give the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, right? As a part of your inheritance, he said that they shall build up the old waste, the ruins. They shall raise up former desolations. 
That's literal and feel. He say basically this city gonna be destroyed, but they gonna build up cities. But not, he's not just talking about physical cities. He's talking about people as well. People that have been ruined. He say his people would be able to build other people back up for generations. He says that strangers are staying and feed your flocks. And I just told somebody the other night, right? So I, if you know me, if you've been around me long enough, I say, Lord, I want to live a biblical life, right? When I first started preaching, my, one of my number one prayers was, Lord, I want to call fire from heaven. I want to be like a light. Like everything that you say they can do in the Bible, I want, I want to be able to do that, right? And it don't always look, it don't always look like I think it's going to look, but God be showing me that he's doing it, right? So when this one stranger shall stand and feed your flocks over the last month, do y'all really like random strangers that been sending us money? I had somebody give me a $500 check. They don't even go to this church. That's more money than some of y'all paying tithes and y'all members. Right? Not only did they, and they, and they, and they are constantly paying their tithes and they don't even go to the church. Strangers feeding my flock. Right? Somebody sent my mama a check in the mail with, with, with the church name on it. Never met them. Right? So that's how a small church with 15 members, God said, I don't need, I don't need all them folks. I have strangers feeding your flock. Right? He said, and the sons and aliens should be your plowmen and your vine dressers. Right? Four people joined the church two weeks ago. God say like he, like he, what he wants us to understand, all these people playing church. And God say, I don't really like them. Let me take somebody off the street. Let me take somebody off the street and give them a purpose. Give them beauty for ashes and watch them go to work. Hallelujah. He say, but you shall be named priest of the Lord. Men shall call you ministers of God. And you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. Me and Teacher Tony was talking. I'm just crazy enough to think that every COVID check that comes is just for me. Every Saturday school on my job is just for me, right? What you mean, Pat? That's the like the government, like the government. That's the the Gentiles. That ain't coming. That ain't coming from nobody. Tie. That's God's provision. It's what I do with the money. Somebody asked me what you you know. Would you take money from um, somebody that played the lottery? I sure would. The Bible say God will take from the wicked and give to the righteous. I sure would. It's what I do with the money. It's what I do with the money that matters to God because he own it all anyway. I sure will take it. I don't ask y'all where y'all money, how y'all made that money when y'all put it in the envelope. I don't know what you did to earn that, but I use it for his will. And for his glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, for your shame, you should have double. And for confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. All this is beauty from ashes. What I'm describing, how God works, all this is beauty from ashes. He said, for your shame, you should have a double. And for, and for confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. If any of y'all came out of y'all wilderness, if any of y'all came out of a bad relationship, 
If any of y'all came out of a bad situation and ain't get double, you ain't really came out. The Bible says when Jesus walked up out of the wilderness, this man walked up out of the wilderness, it said that the angels ministered to him. They took care of him when he came out. If God not taking care of you and you getting double, after you come out, you still in it. You still in it. Because he say when my people come out, so all the time somebody laughed at you, all that hell you caught. When you come out of it, it's going to be a double blessing. Right? And it don't take God long. You stay with him for seven. You stay with him for seven. You came out of that. Double portion. Right? You was on that bad job. You come out of that. Now you the boss. Double portion. For all that confusion, you come out better. Everlasting joy shall be to them. And this is why, because God says, for I, the Lord, love judgment. I hate robbery for burnt offering. Shall a man rob God? Shelly. No. You say, for I, the Lord, love judgment. I hate robbery for burnt offerings. And I will direct their work in truth. And I will make an everlasting covenant for them. And their seed, that's that inheritance, and their seed shall be known amongst the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them that they are the seed which the Lord has blessed. Right? And the crazy thing is, it's amazing how sometimes people in the world recognize Jesus faster than the folks in the church recognize Jesus. I used to tell my children all the time when I would bring home kids whose fathers were locked up or murdered or whatever the home they came from, and they were basically raising themselves, and we would bring them to the house, and they would eat and do whatever. And, you know, they would say to my to my, to my oldest son, like, all y'all got to do is take out the trash, and y'all got all of this, right? Jesus even said that you, the, the, the members of your household are going to be your enemies. It's amazing how God can take folks, and that's what he's doing in Isaiah. It's amazing how church people don't recognize Jesus as fast, and that's because they're not, they not looking for him because they already think they got him. But people that's out there that's lost and need help, they are looking for Jesus every single day. They want to be different. They want to be changed. But we, in the church, we get so complacent. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments and as a bride adorn herself with jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud and as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Beauty for ashes. What you saying, Pastor? What you saying, Pastor? I'm saying Jesus came to this earth with a specific purpose. He knows what he came to do. He did it. 
And your only responsibility is to believe. Your only responsibility is to believe. Not to take somebody else's word for it. Not to get caught up in he say or she say. If you, I don't I don't understand how people, they sit in the church, knowing the folks in the church ain't right, and then blame God. I blame you. You keep sitting there. You keep sitting there. You keep paying your tithe. That you, you complaining about how much money the preacher's spending. You keep giving it to him. And then, but you won't blame the man. You will blame God and go out in the street and talk about church folks. That's because you don't have a relationship with them. Because if you had a relationship with them, you wouldn't talk about them like that. You would know who he is and what he does. And you will run from your life when you see other people mistreated. That's why God said, them ain't my fault. My people will hit that. My people will knock you out for me. The only reason they don't is because I asked them not to. Jesus said, I could have called a legion of angels to whoop all y'all. He said, but my kingdom is not of this world. Right? Jesus is able to give beauty for ashes. Right? All of this. So that 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 that's that's that that term, and I'm gonna end with this. That term is a shadow. Right? When he when he when when Isaiah said it, Isaiah said it because the city was gonna be burned to the ground. But he was letting them know that God can rebuild his city. When Jesus says it, he's letting you know that this earth, everything that ain't his word ain't gonna stand. Right? Gonna be burned down. But he has gone to prepare a place for us that's beautiful. Matches that's not made by hand. Right? And I be thinking, Lord, what am I see? Some of y'all, Pastor Carter used to say she wonder when she get there. Is she gonna have a roommate? <laughs> or is she gonna get her own mansion? Or is she gonna have a roommate? Well, what if your mansion, what if that mansion that's made by hand? Is, is what if what if every time you believe and every time you trust God, that's another brick in your mansion? Some of y'all gonna have some small houses <laughs> and some roommates because it's gonna take you gonna be living with about five folks because five of y'all only had enough bricks to build one little house. You gonna make it in? This ain't in the word now. I said what if? I said what if? I don't know how. I don't know how. I know he said he he gonna have one for me. I don't know how he's going to build it. I just know it ain't going to be by hand. But what if my faithfulness is the thing that's laying them bricks for me, preparing my home for me ahead of time? Beautiful ashes. Because he knows everything down here is not going to last. Hallelujah. So I know I said a lot. I know the Lord said a lot, y'all, and it's good to me. Amen. I just ask that you would trust him. I ask that you would trust him. I ask that you would, um, if you are in, if you are in a, a spot of, of of darkness, if you are in a wilderness, if you are going through something, if you're going through divorce, if you're grieving. Because so many people have died. If you are in a bad relationship, if you are in a place that you you don't want to be, I ask that you would respond how Jesus responded with his word, that you would respond with prayer, that you would respond with fasting, 
And my prayer for you is that you will come out of it with a purpose like Jesus did, knowing clearly what you were put on this earth to do. Right? Because that's what he left for us. He left his spirit for us to give us the strength, right? But the only way you're going to get to that, the only way you get to the beauty is if you believe. The only way you get to the beauty is if you believe. Right? The only way you get to the beauty is if you share the gospel. That part where I say about blessed are the beautiful are the feet. I'm like, so y'all want me to take my... Right? Really what that means is blessed are the feet of the person that's delivering the good news. Right? That's how you get your blessing. We've been talking about in Bible study, can you explain the hope that's in you? So I pray that you will come out of your wilderness with purpose. And if you're like, who, who want to suffer in vain? If you're going to go through something, come out getting double. Come out getting double when you come out. Amen. Because God is able to do it. He's able to give you beauty for ashes. Y'all come on and give the Lord a hand.